Merson has scored it. Arsenal legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event, so if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. Dad pod. Is this a video thing as well? I have a name. Podcast. Or midlife crisis. Howdy daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Dadcast with Nivea Men. Try Ireland's number one skincare brand. All right. You're very welcome along for this week's episode of Dadcast. All the dads are here. Nathan is here, although technically he's away. You're in Manchester, Nathan. How are you? I am. I'm all right. How are you? Or else you're, you've redecorated the gaff and it looks like you're in kind of bordello style. Yeah, that's what maybe that's what we're going for. All right. Well, good for you. That fourth baby's on its way. Dave, how are Hello. you? Hello. Very well. Beautiful day. Summer has arrived early. Everybody should be happy. And uh, Adrian, are you happy? Delighted. Absolutely ecstatic. Good. Good for you. Dadcast is in partnership with Nivea Men. Want to feel great in your skin? Nivea Men has you covered from sensitive, tailored skincare to cleansing and anti-age. Try Ireland's number one men's skincare brand. How are we all this week? Very well. Very Loving well. being a dad very, very this well. week. It's been a good Relaxed. dad week. We had our um, first night away from the kids Saturday night. First time in... Well, here we go. Spe- speaking of being careful. <laughs> first night that uh, we were away from all the kids mm, in a year and a half, probably. It's uh, time since, 10 months. Since the... No chance. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, since the... Young- <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! Not no, not no, Jones. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! Make sure you write that on the packet. <laughs> do tell. Uh, what? Anyway, your filthy minds. Um, it was it was Jesus. It was like twenty four hours, but God, we came back so relaxed. It was amazing. Should do it more often. Now we got to blame the hotel, obviously, partly for this. Uh, <laughs> She do it all more often, Adrian. Um, like they what they left a bottle of prosecco in your room for you. Yeah. Like Adrian Barry with half a bottle of prosecco by six o'clock in the evening. You know, all bets are off. How many buddies at that point, Nathan? Yeah. I find that the prosecco hangover is too much now. I can't do it. Prosecco on its own, I think, is fine. It's the it's the bottle of wine that follows up afterwards. That's where the issues kick in. It's the multi-day hangover at this stage. We were lucky enough to be able to get out Saturday night as well for a while. First time in a long time. But we found that we kind of boxed off the chi- the children chat early and then actually had conversations about things that were completely unrelated to our children, which was refreshing and great and good to know that we can still actually have an interesting discussion about something that isn't about, oh, you'll never guess what this fella said during the day or you'll never guess what I saw him doing or you'll, have you got that organised for next week? It was um, it was a nice departure. You can learn how to be a couple again, which is great. It's a good sign. It means you won't get divorced when you're empty nesters. Y- yes, hopefully. That is something I do years. think about. <laughs> yes, Hopefully it is a sign that the conversation won't be completely um, mind-numbingly monotonous once the, uh, the kids are gone. But as you keep saying, Jer, week in, week out. Kids are <laughs> gone nowhere. Eight- yeah, we could be in our <laughs> 80s by then. There's a lot to be said for no conversation though, right? I mean, uh, yes. that just... <laughs> yes. Is that like, you know, comfortable silence? Silence. <laughs> long silences? I'd be um, 
increasingly desperate for some some of that in my life. No. Ah, uh, yeah. The, the the ability to be comfortable with silence is is welcome. Yes, but at the same time, you still do like to have a semi interesting conversation that isn't revolving around your children every so often. But at least it's not like, you know, if you're like with a stranger, you know, there's an awkward silence with a stranger and somebody feels as if they need to say something. Like when it's with your other half, it's like nobody, there's no requirement to talk. Nobody feels the need to fill the silences. Like there is a point in the evening where three hours in, you have people around you looking at you going, oh, what? why do <laughs> well, these people hate each other so much? That's that's the couple you don't want to be, isn't it? Like generally, as you say, the first, first hour or two is fine because there's a lot of kids chatting there. You're getting that out of the way. It's what's next. And I've often been in a restaurant. It's Usually it's like a couple probably in their early 60s who are probably in that sort of empty nester phase and they're sitting having their dinner. But they just sit and have their dinner together every night by themselves. And there's no children around. And now they're in a restaurant and they like have nothing to say to each other. Are we going to be that? Are we going to be those people? At least have a row or something. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they're very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Morrissey song for after his divorce. Um, uh, right. You did actually want to talk about that, though, this week, Adrian, about um, creating time for yourself away from the kids. You used the word guilt alongside it in our group chat. I was like, what? What? You, what? <laughs> uh, Are you talking about just time, Adrian time or Adrian and wife time? Um, no, I think Adrian and wife time, Dave. Um, now, that you have talk, now that you have me talking in the uh, third person here, which feels slightly bizarre. Um, you have no, to think about that. I, I think, to, huh? You have to think about that. I think time. I think time together as a couple is the thing, right? Uh, there is a guilt section to that. Not, I have to say, not too bad. I, think, I, I find guilt all the time with the kids. I don't know if you, if if you're uh, in a similar boat or not. I, I find it's a constant cycle of guilt. You're spending too much time with them. You're not spending enough time with them. It's like, and there's nothing on the face of it to feel in any way guilty about because um, if there's any spare time going, they're the ones who get it. But um, that's my experience. That could be my um, um, neurosis. I accept that entirely. Um, but I do think that that notwithstanding, definitely uh, the experience of just spending time, as Nathan said earlier, was it? Um, just it just a company, uh, Dave. You're making a point um, where you're not. Where you move on from talking, you get the kids stuff out of the way. You move on from talking about that. You sometimes loop back into conversations about that. But just being in each other's company, where like even apart from the conversation, we found not that constant like were of. Have you got this? Where's that thing? What's what do we do next? When are we going there? It's like you know you don't have to be constantly interrupted by the management of three individuals that you can actually just. Uh, have some connection. And were you feeling guilty about going away? Um, I have to admit, I wasn't too bad on that specifically. That can, I can often feel that about various things. Um, and as I said, I, it's totally irrational. There's no reason or need to feel it. They get lots of my good time. Um, I, I have found that that has been a part of, in my experience, has been a part of parenting for me the um, cycle of guilt about things. But yeah. Sorry, was that what did you want? Have that? you done anything as a parent that you really should feel guilty about? No, no. I mean, apart from throwing the, uh, the scooters over the, over the, <laughs> over the, I, whoa, the park one. I have absolutely no feeling of guilt about that. <laughs> but, uh, not really, I no, I don't. And I'm not talking about, about leaving in about 10 years, I'd say. Huh? 
I haven't felt guilt about not being there in about 10 years. Have you not? Not since probably our eldest was very young, where it was kind of, oh, I'm going away for a couple of weeks. Whereas my wife would still, I'd say, if we're going away for a night, we'd still be a bit, oh, we're going to have my kids out that door. Yeah. <laughs> out that door. <laughs> Don't look <laughs> back. Babysitters. How early can you get here? How late can you stay? <laughs> yeah. Um, guilt is kind of pointless though, right? Ultimately, it's just a negative cycle of shame and despair. Never leads you to a good place. It's, yeah, it's called being Irish, Chair. Sure. Exactly. It's not, what the, it's not what they told me in mass when I was eight years of age. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. And you're trying to chisel that off. And um, I do wonder what it would be like because ours have no experience of that whole, like they don't know any of the songs or any of the rituals. But um, I mean, I presume I'm passing on the guilt by like, oh, you know, there are people who don't have any food and you're throwing this shit back at me here. What's that? So I say I deliver and calmly and rationally all the time um, but uh, yeah I, like uh, there's loads of little things you do all the time that you really would take back instantly if you could I'd, I, how do you you know you just have to make an accommodation with it I, I think sorry I don't want to labour the point about the guilt right because uh, it certainly wasn't a factor with the weekend just gone and actually as Nathan says it probably gets more it's probably more of a thing when they're a bit younger where you're just getting used to um the parenting bit, like, I don't know, I, I certainly feel a need to connect with the kids a lot or that they have a connection or that you're there to do things with them a lot. Um, so I suppose with that, in the times when that doesn't happen, then you're like, oh, maybe there was a bit of a mistake. But like I said, look, uh, you're absolutely right, Jared. There's no, it's based in no, there's there's no good that comes of it. It's based in no reality at all. When I reflect on my own experience growing up and the amount of like parent time you get versus what we put into them huh. is like worlds apart. Um, I was just going to ask that. Are we too present? Like by present, I obviously include the times where we're sitting there on our phone in the same room <laughs> as them. That is a moment of actually being present. Like, are we are, are we too present with our kids? So do you mean, is there a chance when you're on your deathbed that you might say to yourself, I wish I'd spent less time with my kids? Well, no, but maybe they would wish we spent less time <laughs> with them. <laughs> I really don't think, well, they may in their teenage years, if you're trying to remain present, but I can't imagine mm. they would look back on their years, the years from which they can actually derive memory and think to themselves, he really was around way too often. Like, <laughs> unless you're not the kind of parent who, who your presence is advantageous to the development of your children. Mm. I mean, that's a problem. It's a diff- problem of different sort entirely. But I hope, God, I hope. No, it's not guaranteed. But that if I speak to my two boys when they're in their 20s or 30s or 40s say like what what was it like having me around every day you would hope that they will look back on it with a huge degree of fondness if they don't what a what a shitty waste of time this has been when you're talking to them through the uh, the prison window Dave is that the <laughs> well yeah look, I'm not sure why I'll end up in prison but you know every, anybody I wasn't thinking about you whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> no well there's oh god I hope it won't be them <laughs> when I look back at uh, instances that I feel guilty about like there's specific specific incidents of like there was one time when my eldest was very young he I, he pretty much learned to crawl while sitting on a bed over a four second period when my back was turned and next of all i heard an almighty thump and he was bawling and he had a and just the most enormous lump on his forehead like a golf ball sized lump on his forehead and i carried that incident around with me for a long time 
I was like, you couldn't keep an eye on him long enough to stop him rolling off a of bed. Now, he was one of those immobile children, which they all are until a certain point. He wasn't going anywhere. And then he decided this was his moment that he was going to show me that he was capable of being on the move and my back was turned. But again, like that, that's just uh, every parent has been in that boat where their children have been hurt because you've neglected them for like a tiny amount of time. But as you say, it was pointless. Like, but I carried that with me for weeks and weeks. And now eight years on still think of it every so often. That's, you know, uh, good that you probably introduce some checks and balances to the next time, but then you can't take it too far and be like, Oh, you can never go out. You can never play sports. You can never be on the road. You can, you know, like, I guess, um, it's, it'd be regular behaviors. That would be the thing that causes the most recurring deep seated guilt. Right. When you, um, like constantly lose the rack in the same situation when like you are, you're supposed to be the adult. Are you still flying off the handle as often as you used to? No, don't think so. Definitely got better at that. Just slightly less often. Uh, I know. I'd say it's far less often now. Who's counting? Who's counting? Well, I, I, <laughs> they are. Again, and your wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're definitely counting. Remember that time you did this thing? I was like, no, don't recollect, no, no recollection of that whatsoever. Uh, I was accused of being grumpy yesterday. I was accused of being grumpy lately, yesterday. Which I found, I found not based on evidence or fact. I got it got my back up. I must say, I found it uh, deeply unfair. I made that point to the person in question. Where's your evidence for that? Where's your evidence for that? It's like I'm not grumpy. You're grumpy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I I merely pointed out that I was grumpy in that moment because he had done this. <laughs> that narrows to, the number I, not my fault <laughs> to extend it over a five or four day period I thought was grossly unfair <laughs> and you pointed that out very rationally Dave you had a no rational yeah. conversation I spoke in the in the sort of tone I'm using with you three currently <laughs> you did in your hours <laughs> no I actually did I actually did. did I said I, I, I don't I don't think that's very fair I will naturally take a grumpy tone with you when you do what you've just done to your brother that's always going to happen, and I don't make any apologies for that. But to say that over the last three or four days, when I actually feel like I've been in great form because the weather's been good and the two boys have been well behaved and things are going okay, um, I just I thought that was uh, that was disingenuous. Didn't use that word though. That's a good good opportunity to teach them the word disingenuous. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, right, some correspondence. We come back to this. Hey, I've been listening to the podcast since the start. Says Alan. Uh, even though I only became a father in 2020. Always enjoyed it. Glad you're back. I was listening on the way home from the hospital after my wife gave birth to our second son. Dave's story of quietly watching his two boys playing had me tearing up. My eldest, so weird saying that, is going on three in July. How do we deal with him feeling left out? We're doing the present from the baby to the toddler when he gets home from hospital. And I'll be trying to spend some one-on-one time with the first son after crash. Any other tips that you've noticed that have worked well. Keep up with the podcast. It's a great listen. Come on, Alan. Thanks for that. Alan, in that, uh, sorry, he's, the ball. he's Go on. in that window, isn't he? Post birth, where you just cry at everything. Like if he teared up just listening to that story, um, I can relate to. I've told you that story before, where I was just weeping on a plane over to cover a Premier League game for what you. Were you guys. Watching, what was the movie? I was watching Wonder. Yeah. Oh watch yeah, Wonder. Fairness. That's yeah. a, like don't watch that probably. <laughs> <laughs> the air steward had to ask me if I was okay. I was like, well, 
Yeah, I'm fine. But it was like w- days or weeks after my youngest had been born. So I was still in that like postnatal um, emotions are not quite under the surface. They're actually starting to spin over <laughs> in a very public way. So, yeah, I can definitely relate to Alan there. Yeah, we, we all did the present, didn't we? From the, the new, the older child to the newborn. And you just have to try and make a conscious effort. Like there's, there's, it's a hundred percent that the, I mean, there's a X amount of attention that you and your wife have to give. hundred percent of that attention has been previously focused on one child. There is no more attention to be given. So it stands to reason that a portion of that hundred percent will be taken. So you just have to try and manage that as best you can. But I would say he doesn't need to necessarily worry about the opening few weeks because he will be the main man for his eldest child for that period of time, won't he? Like his wife will be pretty much taken up with everything that's happened with the newborn and he can just focus all his attention on his son. What's the gap? Three years. Uh, Nearly three. Yeah. Mm. It probably takes care of itself a little bit with that gap. It's probably up to five, six years, it's a bit more difficult because they're at such different stages, but like the youngest one just is sort of dragged everywhere with three-year-olds, aren't they? So they just become automatically inseparable because they do the same things all of the time. Yeah, they're they're close enough to be in um, Irish twins, close enough. There's um, 22 months between our first two and this is not going to be of any consolation to Alan, and I will apologise to that for, for that uh, advance, but it's a real point. Um, the first one has definitely not got over the fact that the second one arrived, that the second one is still here. Honestly, like, and I can wow. tell the second one's nature that it's not in her nature to be, you know, uh, combative, right? Like, is pretty, uh, normally relatively easy going. Very nice person, et cetera, et cetera. First, first kid, a uh, lovely person in so many ways as well. In in actually, genuinely, in every other way, but has just this like block when it comes to the younger sibling. And uh, how old is the younger sibling now? They're six and six and a half and four and a half. Okay, so he's had four and a half years to get over this. He and, and another he, one since. I, I genuinely and another one since. And they're but they're both they're both like crazy. And about the third one, they're like, oh, we're all in and. But there's no threat to anybody there. I, I honestly think that that will continue forever. So would, they, would, they, would they play with each other? Uh, they, they do. When they, when, when they, they, do. they do. They do. They do. Um, generally, it's on the elder one's terms and um, the elder one will be the one that will, you know, if there's a bit of uh, a row breaks out right my that, it'll generally be coming from that direction. And, you know, if the mood isn't good, if there's a bit of tiredness, there's a bit of hunger... And there's somebody to be um, on the end of that. It'll be it'll be his his younger sister. So I don't know. Maybe like when they're 18, 20, 25, 30. Alan will okay. he just needs to be worried that there will be a reaction of some sort. And yeah, I think he it's has to try yeah. and build in some internal increase in tolerance for such behaviour, and try and draw on that if and when his child does lose the plot with a little more regularity. He just needs something in his own mind telling him, look, we t- we thought about this in advance. We talked about this. We just need to give him a little more leeway before we kind of come down maybe on him like we might have done in the past because it's such an upheaval. I mean, you are the main man for three years, every minute of every day of your life, and suddenly you're not. And 
I mean, I can't remember what it was like for me, but there's only 15 months between me and my brother. So we, um, I was probably too young to kind of remember if I was put out at all. And like I said to you guys before, every time I asked my mother and father, do you remember what this, this was like for you guys? They've never once been able to give me an example of remembering anything. <laughs> and I, do you think already... they do remember it? They just want, don't want to tell you, Dave? <laughs> no, I just don't think they can remember anything, but it happens to me as well. Yeah. I'm asked about stuff. Dylan would ask my eldest would ask me about some of the stuff, and I'm like, I really can't remember. He's only eight, so I can imagine what it's like for parents of a forty-three-year-old. But it's there's going to be some blowback. He just needs to be ready to try and deal with it. The one-on-one time, by the way, sorry, just as a general point, I think we've said it before, but absolutely, hundred percent, as much of that as you can do, it's definitely uh, we find it invaluable. One of the uh, very few opportunities we get to do it, like it really. Uh, it's really powerful. The present, by the way, I, I sort of was laughing a little bit internally when I heard about the present because we did that. I think everybody does it. And in my mind, the reason I'm laughing is that we were such idiots because we thought, ah, well, we'll just give this present from this kid to this kid. And like that, we'll look after it for life. That will mean that they'll be best of friends. He'll be appreciative of that forever and a day. And uh, that's not the case. It doesn't work back in your face. Yeah. I mean, it, there's, there's so much, if there was nothing in the world, if they had nothing, if they didn't have Christmas and birthdays and relatives giving them shit all the time, and you gave them this one thing that was like, you know, a flower in a desert, then maybe they'd be in any way appreciative of the baby. But like 10 seconds after they started playing with the presents, they'd be like, hang on, this this shitting, puking, mewling thing is living with us? No, 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 no. Bring him back. Bring him back. Bring him back. He's not coming. No, no, no. Bring him back. That's what it's like. So best of luck, Alan. <laughs> yeah. If anybody else wants any um, uh, questions answered badly, dadcast at offtheball.com. You can tweet right. us at dadcastpod. By the way, I don't really believe there's anything you can do. I don't think there's any advice that we can give him. I don't. I think you just have to get on with it. Like, that's going to unfold the way it unfolds. You can give a little bit of guidance. I... I <laughs> I think Dave's Dave's point there to take a beat, count to ten, and if that doesn't work, count to ten again. Um, I mean the overall that overall. I don't mean that. I mean the overall sense of oh my god, when are you bringing this thing back? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, there's no way to mitigate the severity of the child's reaction to the situation, but you can mitigate your own. Yeah. So that's maybe what Alan needs to focus on. Uh, Adon has been in touch about dogs we were talking about on the last episode or two episodes ago. I'm not sure. Uh, very close in this house to getting a dog we have two girls a teenager and one close to 10 so a good age on Dave's pros and cons point etc there's no way he would have had kids if he went through the same process two or three years of sleepless nights cleaning up shit hardship 20 years of huge expense and they live in your house eating your food for 30 plus years at least the dog will come and greet you with excitement at the door (laughs) he does make a valid point Um, I guess I I don't see myself ever having the same unconditional love for a dog that I have for my children. No. And also, eventually, the kids stop shit on the ground. Sorry, I yeah, just feel like I do. my hotel lobby and philosophy brand has uh, there's no context at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, when your children are older, you don't have to continue to pick their shit off the ground on a path outside your house. Sure you don't? Pretty sure you don't. Day, days later. Maybe. Days later. Whereas, like, no matter how old your dog is, you still have to do that. You don't have to walk your kids either when they get to a certain age. Uh, you know, I mean, you should definitely get them some exercise in their lives. 
Uh, I, I, I think it's a good idea for people at that age, definitely. Um, I think it's for, we haven't done anything about it, but it's, it's in the ether. So as soon as it happens, I will um, let you know how well or badly it's going. And um, there was a, another couple of topics there, Adrian, that you want to talk about in terms of like chiseling out the time to make sure that you actually spend with the kids when they're like, oh, come and play this game. Yeah. I don't know if you feel this, but I, uh, what have I mentioned guilt? <laughs> I mentioned guilt today at any point. Um, I feel a little bit guilty and I, and I, uh, you know, where they go, can we play this game? Can we, you know, do this thing? Could be a jigsaw. Could be the you know, is getting to chess now, which I don't know how to play, which makes it a very interesting um, game. Um, could be anything, game, football, whatever you're having yourself. And particularly with the work from home scenario, like um, it, that can be difficult to give the time and to keep at it. Like I feel as if, you know, there are times for sure where I can sort of give five minutes, but it's never really enough. And they're kind of like, and if, in the more than the point we were just discussing, if one of them sees you uh, having, you know, making a puzzle with the other one, then you know you got to be doing something with them. And there's just not enough, <laughs> not enough time to go around. So I don't know if you feel that or not. Or and also keep keeping the when you do. I find you know after ten minutes of um, playing some sort of a kids game, my attention span is gone. You're and, bored. Bored. Yeah. <laughs> and also, particularly when they're young, like you have to let them win. And there's like a meltdown when they don't win. Like I've just spent 10 minutes playing this. But like now I need to speed it up so I need to actually go and win. Otherwise, we're going to be here all day. You're going to get the hang of this. Like, yeah, it's I'm the exact same with the youngest though. I'm full of enthusiasm when it starts, but like the imaginary rules that they make up as you're going yeah. along. Yeah. And I was like, like this game, it, it, said it should be done in 15 minutes, but we're still here 40 minutes later and you're not going to win and you're getting angrier and angrier and like the joy has gone out of it. And I've lost interest like within <laughs> four minutes of this. So, God. We're big fans of Guess Who in this house. And when I say we, the two boys more so than me, like when, when, I, when they sit down, the first question they ask is not, related to the gender of the person they have. I'm just going, how many times have I told you? Always ask, is it a man? Or always ask, is it a woman first? Don't ask if you want a genuine chance of winning. Do not ask me if they have a beard. Okay? I told you this a hundred times. Yeah, no, I feel your pain, Dave. I feel your pain. I can imagine Dave like toppling the table upside down. <laughs> if your first worse, question is not gender related, I am going to win. Okay. <laughs> so if you want a real chance of victory, do not get the first question wrong. Apart from that, though, it's all good. Discover Ireland we as well. Always... We have we do a bit more board games these days, and that's always good. What's that? Yeah. Discover uh, Ireland is basically just a map of Ireland, and you you pick six cards out of a random pack, and you have to travel through those six towns to an end destination and whoever gets through their all their all their towns first wins. Oh. So it's 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 like a snakes and ladders type game, but there is actually a little bit of learning involved. You do learn place names and city names and town names and where our ports and airports are. And um there's roadblocks and that kind of stuff. And they can actually read the cards as well. There's a lot of so if you have like Cashel it's one of your towns, for example. It'll give you about eight lines on the history of Cashel, so the kids can read that as well. So there's a little bit of educational value as well. Any board games from suggestions from our listeners would be welcomed. 
They that only is, get longer uh, as well. They only get longer as uh, they get older. So like we, every Christmas, get a couple of board games and go uh, all in for the sort of week after Christmas. So we had both Monopoly and the Game of Life. And at least in the Game of Life, there's an end point that's, you know, you can get to, yeah, 45 minutes, you're done. Monopoly, oh my God. Like we're going around, yeah. kids refusing to buy anything at all. Don't want to spend have my money. To buy stuff. I don't. Want to, I don't want to spend. No, I don't want to spend my money. But that's like, part of the rules. We we have a rule where sorry. I oh, sorry it. that we had to change the rules then afterwards because what the problem was we'd be there for an hour and like yeah. I just spent all my money, bought half the places. The kids are having a meltdown as they land on Aylesbury Road yet again, which I own my hotel on. Like a, you never get never get planning on Aylesbury Road these days. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, board games are shit. I'm sorry, but the reason they're called <laughs> board games. Is because they're fucking boring. They're no, but the board game is just the thing <laughs> to sit the family at the table together for an extended yeah. period of time, of which the Who first half an hour idea? might be joyful family time. The second half an hour is, you know, <laughs> scary. Recrimination, <laughs> anger. Bitterness. Some of them are of some of them are lifesaver on trips and stuff like Uno, Dabo. Uno, yeah. Yeah. Love Dabo. Dabo's a brilliant game. Yeah. Fun for all the family. Until you come here. Until you're consistently being beaten by your six-year-old. That's what that is um, a very humbling experience. Me versus six-year-old versus four-year-old. There's no knowing who's going to win that game. Well, that's good. Uh, double is over in like eight seconds though, right? No, it depends on how many you could you could. No, you've got, you could have 50 cards. How many cards you want, depending on you. Yeah. That can dictate how long it'll last. Well, look, and, I, I think the thing about double is, again, there's an end point. It's very short. Play one game. Yeah, quick fire ones are better. Yes, Monopoly is asking for trouble. There's a there's a shorter version of Monopoly. Have you seen that one? It's, it comes in like a deck of cards, so you don't have to have the big rigmarole and the stuff that you're talking about, Nathan. It's like a travel Monopoly. It, you it's can not, get that. Yeah, I'm not saying it's, it's quick. It's just quicker. I mean, no, but we, just have, so... we have the Ireland Monopoly, um, which does you know raise a lot of questions as the kids are going around wondering why one place is more expensive than the other place. And why does our friend live in the place that's really cheap yeah. compared to the really expensive <laughs> place over here? Now nah, you're again. raising socialists, doesn't that, Nathan? Yeah. 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 Why can't they live there too? When there's a means of production. When there's a fist fight over who gets to be the iron and who gets to be the dog before <laughs> yeah. the bloody game has even started, yeah. you know you're in big trouble. Before you even begin to inter- introduce the concepts of greed and envy and bankruptcy and m- being a miser, and a refusal to engage and cooperate, a refusal to re- pay out your on your debts, then uh, yeah, it, the monopoly just only goes one way, and it's usually south. But monopoly is good when they get a bit older because at least the tears you're causing them by beating them, and there's some life lessons they can learn. Like, I definitely get way too much joy out of winning at monopoly, and the tears that will follow, and the little uh, learnings that they have to get along the way. I find <laughs> nothing else over here. I find I'm not competitive with the kids. I don't mind them winning. Although I, I think every so often it's no harm for them to lose, if I'm being honest. But um, the competitiveness where I actually get pretty pissed off if I, I end up losing to my wife, losing to my wife, I'm like, I would be, I would draw a huff like easy. Oof. What's an Adrian Barry huff? Just a lot of quiet, quiet slamming of things and like doing doing things louder than I'd, I'd stop there. I'd stop there. <laughs> Uh, and then the last topic this week uh, what do you do if your kids are using words to describe people like fat smelly 
any broad racial terms, those words where you rightly or wrongly think, oh, I need to jump in here and shut this down. Um, Are they using those words because they've heard you use them? Um, I threw that into the thing as a point of discussion and absolutely not. In, in, <laughs> in, in, uh, in, in, uh, certainly in, in many circumstances. And like, I just don't know where to go. So I'll give, give you the example that triggered it off. Now, this isn't the only example, so don't take it absolutely literally. But we, I was bringing the uh, four-year-old to school the other day, walked past the bus and she turned around and goes, oh, look at that big fat bus there. And my uh, instinct was to go, that's not a great word to use. And I'm so in my head, I'm like, well, if I don't tell you that that's not a great word to use. And then suddenly we're in a different circumstance and you're going to say the same thing. I don't really want you doing that. So I felt as if I should, t- I should say, listen, oh, you know, we just try not to use that word as much as we can. Um, not unique to that, but it's a pretty tame, good example to be able to broadcast. Um, so yeah, I was just interested to see, because like, obviously they can, they pick up things all over the place. And I actually find that the influences that they're starting to get are coming far more from their mates and outside of the house. So, you know, uh, that's my way of saying that, you know, not my parenting, you blame somebody else. Um, not really, but you know, do you get the point that like they say stuff that is, that can be, that we wouldn't use, words that we wouldn't use that might be inappropriate. And where's the, what's the acceptable way? What's the way to deal with that? You're not worried you you don't have an issue specifically with the fact that they've called an inanimate object fat. You just have a, an apprehension that they may then say that about a person. Correct. Please tell me that's the case. Of the boss. Correct, yes. correct, okay. Correct. I just wanted to get well, that, that on the record. Day, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted boss, to make sure that, that we were all on the same page. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's obviously appropriate if you feel they're using a word that could be used to describe a person and would be offensive to step in and say, look, maybe we don't use that language. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of an apparent, isn't it? Now, when they can turn around and say and pinpoint a pinpoint a specific example where you use that word, well, not only then, I suppose, is an opportunity to tell them that it's not the right word to be used, but it's an op- opportunity for some self-reflection as well. Some learning. Because yeah, like, there are words that we use that are offensive that they could pick up and you'd be horrified if you heard your own child use it. So we can all um, we can all have a little look at ourselves sometimes and go, yeah, that is a word in my daily to weekly to monthly vocabulary that really should not be there. So let's improve. Let's be better. Nah, it's a little gone mad, isn't it? All these snowflakes. What are they taking offence at? <laughs> well, uh, look, you know, there are people like typing that in angrily, angrily typing it. We've muted it. Don't worry. We want, we'll never see those tweets. But um, yeah, look, you have to, you have to have conversation with language all the time because it's constantly evolving and changing and shit that was acceptable that when we were kids that you would have said that would have been fairly common. We had a relatively high profile example on our team recently. And then, um, you know, you just have to be fucking careful with your language. They go, <laughs> I actually funny enough and I've made this point uh, years ago which I'm finding more of a struggle as the years go by but I don't have such a big issue with them like cursing and stuff as long as they're not like using it in a way to like I mean it's not as if they're going around like cursing like sailors that's probably inappropriate sailors are a very well behaved uh, bunch of people um, 
<laughs> now even I even I feel you're a snowflake there, Adrian. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, no. Sorry, hang on a second. Hang on. You know, famously, George Hamilton did do exactly what Adrian's just done. Oh, did he? he was he was hosting the tennis commentary on uh, RTE TV, and he, he wasn't really a regular live TV host. And they came back to him and said, "Okay, you've got two minutes to fill here." And then it was like, oh, maybe you missed a bit earlier on where John McEnroe was qualified for swearing like a sailor. Oh, sorry, sailors. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know how. So you you don't mind if you're, say, um, your warring eldest pair, if the eldest, uh, eldest one goes, I would never just fuck off. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying specifically is I don't want, I'd like, I don't want them to, to say that anyway, right? Like by way of, I don't want them to use it in an abusive way. Like, you know, if he stubs his toe or something, it goes, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, uh, I, feel, I, sh- I don't feel exercised really about that. If I, I don't have a huge problem with that because the only reason why two would say it is because they've heard me say that. Like yeah. if I am making their dinner and I burn my finger on the pan or I drop the dinner just as I plated it up, you have very good chance I'm going to offer oh, sake, you yeah. stupid. <laughs> and so if they then go and do that, I just cannot muster the energy to become annoyed by that. But I will say to them, lads, better we don't use that kind of language. More so that it'll it will cloud the way people think of you outside of this family if they hear you swearing like that regularly and it might have them think about you in a way that's uh, unfair on you that isn't accurate so if you want to put your best self forward maybe don't be dropping f-bombs here there and everywhere but i can't give out to them for swearing if they have hurt themselves or something but i would do have a problem with them abusing each other with foul language because they def they have not haven't heard me say that like they've never once heard me calling somebody an effer or whatever the case might be. So I think you've kind of summed it up well there, Adrian. Like, yeah, yeah. they hurt themselves. They've never said it in an aggressive out. way. Exactly. Like if I heard what the older guy saying, you know, F you, you little effer, I'd be really annoyed by that. Yes. Because that's not something they've heard in the house. But um, when you're in pain and they're just copying me, very hard to have a problem with that. I'm sure they've heard the other one in the house as well from time to time when you're talking about like people at work. <laughs> no. Uh, no, it might be. I may, they may, if I'm sitting down watching a match. Yeah. And a exactly. team I have, a team I've been devoted yeah. to for 30 odd years. Yeah. And yeah. some donkey of a center half, he shall remain nameless, um, throws in. <laughs> sorry, apologies to all donkeys out there. But, um, <laughs> I'm not sure how many donkeys we have amongst our dadcast listenership. I suppose that is using an F word in as a as a term of abuse, so they could have picked it up there, all right. Yeah. That happens in our house when uh, Leinster matches are on a lot. I don't uh, know think about. Yeah. I can't believe uh, we didn't win by 70 points this week. T- typically towards the latter stages of the Heineken Cup, but no, it's been definitely re- been repeated back in that specific context a lot. Yeah, well, we've had a lot of it at, um, not, not sorry, not a huge amount of it, but out um, in Tala at the Rovers games a couple of times recently, we've been sat in front of a group. We really shouldn't be sitting, because I'm pretty sure it's like a family zone we almost sit in, but oh my God, the language. And the abuse of their own players. Uh, Rovers fans. Just, uh, yeah. I was like, holy shit. And do you uh, have, have you any inclination to say here? Do you mind? Well, they were probably a bit too far back. They weren't sitting in the road directly behind. 
Um, I don't like his. I was definitely a, the last I'm going. Mm, there was a one or two c words there that's probably not appropriate. Right. Yeah, that's not one I'd say that I'd be promoting too much. No, I commentated no. on the Rovers Bows game a few weeks ago. I couldn't get over the vitriol and the abuse that was being directed by Bohemians fans towards the Shamrock Rovers players as they left the field after their pre-match warm-up as the subs oh, went yeah. in after uh, having warm get they kept themselves warm at half time. I was in the commentary box. What we listened to this, and I remember thinking to myself, "I'm glad my boys are not here," because it was. And maybe I'm just a bit of a snowflake when it comes to that because I maybe I just haven't seen enough of it. I've been lived, lived a sheltered life in terms of that. But obviously I've seen it at Premier League games and uh, European games. But um, yeah, it's very difficult to stand up in, in the stand in Tallow or Dalymount or Richmond Park, wherever you happen to be, and say, lad, do you mind, uh, could you mind toning it down a little there? Take a brave man to, to be that person. That's not me, obviously. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't mind it too much in that like I think going is part of the atmosphere and like they love people cursing you know the excitement that somebody behind them is saying the F word and they're all like <laughs> it's uh, yeah there's just one or two it's just one or two words that you're like really not appropriate in a football stadium whether there's kids there or not and like also if you're roaring it out you're just kind of trying to show off a little bit here whereas everyone around you just thinks what a dick also the point about like abusing your own players I mean, I would be, as you know, I'd obviously bring the kids to loads of matches and I'd be saying to them, like, don't be, because you hear, I mean, not to mind abusing your own players, you hear, obviously, fans all the time abusing the opposite team. So Respect the kicker. Well, whatever, it could be any match. It could be any match, Nathan. None of your snobbery, it could be any game. Um, and I would sort of be saying to them, listen, there's no need to be, they'd be asking about that, like, oh, you know, people, like, shouting abuse. Is this just, this just what we do? And I would say to them, like, you know, uh, ideally, don't be roaring abuse at anybody. Like, if you want to let a few roars out just to just support your own team, go for it. I mean, it's one challenge to have them not shouting abuse at the opposition team. I mean, if they're listening to people and looking at people in their vicinity, roaring abuse at their own team. Hmm. Um, now, it's funny. I'd be way better behaved at that when I'm at a match than, like, as Dave was saying, when you're at home watching it. Well, you have a public profile to protect, Nathan, of course. Well, of course, of course. I don't. I generally don't uh, try not to think about that, Adrian. I try to go about my daily business without thinking about that. You know, uh, it's hard you know, to get away. Hard to escape the fame, though, Nathan. It, it sure is. It sure is. <laughs> um, yeah. No. If I'm in front of the TV, all right, I'd be uh, getting quite angry at times. Right. So well, what's the do. no lessons? Keep swearing. Just don't use the c word. You should be grand. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get kicked out of that hotel. Yeah, I'm not even staying in this hotel. <laughs> I did that thing where I'm staying in a really shitty hotel. In fact, even shittier than my first thought I booked, I turned up in my hotel and they're like, oh no, this isn't your hotel. There's another one about two miles down the road that you're staying in. And I was like, oh, how do I get there? It's like, oh, you'll have to get a taxi. And you go, oh, but these six people have all done the same thing. So they're getting this, uh, like, you're pulling a bit of a fucking trick here, aren't you? When I can see from the airport the name of your hotel, but that's not the one I booked into. So, yeah. Anyways, don't stay in the Holiday Inn Express. Oh, <laughs> <Manchester> <laughs> <Express>. <laughs> <Manchester> <laughs> airport. We're not getting any freebies from them. Dadcast is in front of you Nivea them. Men. Want to feel great in your skin? Nivea Men has you covered from sensitive tailored skincare to cleansing and anti-age. Try Ireland's number one men's skincare brand. Get in touch, dadcast at offtheball.com 
or at DadcastPod and we will see you next week, folks. DadPod. Just well, a video thing as well. have a name. Podcast. Or midlife crisis. Howdy daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> DadCast. That's not bad, actually. Yeah. DadCast with Nivea Men. Try Ireland's number one skincare brand.